0: Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Bob's Heating and Air Conditioning, Wayne Marine, and Les Schwab Tires.
1: Welcome back to Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station seven hundred and ten, and Seattle Sports App. Coming to you live and on location this morning from the Port of Everett Harbor Marine for the inaugural—that would be the first annual North Sound Marine Expo. We've got vendors, we've got seminars, we've got free Copenhagen for the kiddies. You know, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit of everything. Bobby, you're giving out some free Copenhagen, aren't yeah. You? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, yeah. good deal. All right, so uh, I hope you can make it down. We're going to have a ball here today. We're, we're going to, in the in the interim between when we get off air here in another hour and when, when the seminars start, we're going to be doing some hands-on rigging. And if there's anybody, Joe Pyburn, that's taught us more about efficiently setting traps with the right bait, line winders, progressive float systems, bait armoring and everything else it's that gentleman right there bob bubba
0: buchanan but i learned it all from someone else usually hot tips from other people and that's why it's really important to always pay attention uh, when you're down at the boat launch or the boathouse or wherever and guys will give you little tips throughout the years and and that's uh, picked it up it's not necessarily all Concocted by me. Well the, you're being modest, Bob. <laughs> every every
1: picking time we go to pick pots with you, we pick up a tidbit, man. Yeah. It's you know it I mean seriously, every frickin' time. And and you know, and I've been fishing my whole life and so when I can go out with somebody and learn something from them every time and you know and I've learned a bunch from Joey too. Right? It, it's just but it but that's kind of the charm of, of what we do is that nobody you can't ever know it all. Right, right, and and just to keep that learning process going is part of the mm-hmm. charm of what we do, and then to watch that increasing knowledge add up to consistent
2: success.
0: I mean, there's there's a great chance today I could pick up three, four, a half a dozen things sure. from folks walking through the show that say, you know, Bob, try this. Yeah,
2: that I love and, these things and, and there's for, a lot for that, of that reason. Bob. That,
0: yeah, it's it's amazing. The seminars are a
2: two way street, dude.
0: Oh, they yeah. always have
1: been. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's really nice. But the big deal, biggest deal for me is time is precious on the water, especially when you get the wife and kids or family out, grandsons, whatever. Sure. And you want it enjoyable and you want it to go smooth and you want to have success. And that's important. And and so we try to create things that uh, help all that, make things either keep things organized, easier and safe. safe. And the backbone of this
1: is preparation. Absolutely. And so that starts today, actually, with you mm-hmm. showing us how to prepare shrimp bait. Now, the issue with shrimp bait for a lot of people is they buy the pellets that are, you know, mm-hmm. pretty large, and then they buy the oil, mm-hmm. and they walk down the dock first thing in the morning with the pellets in one hand and the oil in the other and put it in the boat and think they're going to mix it up and be successful shrimping. What's wrong with
0: that picture, Bob Buchanan? Well, it takes longer for those pellets to to absorb all that than just a couple hours once you hit the boat. I mean, I know folks that do it weeks in advance. I do it a couple days in advance, but I, I go to the painstaking effort of grinding my pellets first and getting pulverized. Not not all of them would float through the, the mesh of the bait canister, but I grind them to a point where they mix up easy, they absorb quickly. And then I'll refrigerate it one night overnight, and, and when I pull that container out, it's like a cooked dough. And, and so, it used to be I made it like pancake batter. <laughs> but I now you. I
1: make it real firm. Gotcha. And and so have you already ground the pellets? And that's what guys will see here today. when they, Yes. They'll so, see them and, pre-ground.
0: and how do you grind them? I grind them uh, – in a margarita blender is what it is. It's a triple <laughs> bladed margarita blender. I borrowed it from my next door Best neighbor. Best margaritas
2: and, ever. And then
0: he didn't margarita want to use strength. it anymore after that, so I got it. <laughs> I <don't blame> him.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Joey, there,
1: there, there is a type of pellet that comes very fine though too,
2: right? There's a,
1: is there or is that just no, fish? not really? No, oh, okay, I, all right.
2: I mean, we sell pellets uh, at Ray's Bait, and I'm, you know, yeah. they. They come in a big 55 pound bag, and yeah. I I've, the smaller pellets that I've seen, I, I think is fish basically food. fish food. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the and and the thing about those pellets, if you know, if guys don't know what we're talking about, it they're similar to like dog food almost, right? Right. right. A, 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 a yeah. greasier, yeah, oil soaked dog food, and they're they're rock hard. Right. So if you do go down and and if you're fishing in the inner Puget sound here, where we have these very short windows, like you said, you're going to put them down there. It just takes so long for them to absorb the the water and the oil. You're not going to get you're not going to get everything out of them. The makers of these pellets, uh, they have several different
0: processes in making it, but but the amount of oil they put into a pellet can be controlled. Uh, they can. Uh, cook it differently and do some other additives that make it float or sink. Um, things like that. Cause think about it in a fish hatchery, some want a floating pellet and some want a sinking one. Some want a real slow suspended one for it. But th- these primarily are that are made for this that, that, that you have Joey are penetrated with oil already to a point, but not to a point of coming apart.
2: Well, yeah. And and the ones that we buy are very, very oily to the point where we put them. They're in like a, I think it's a two or three pound bag, and it's, um, it's got a like a Ziploc bag opening at the top, and they stand up. And occasionally, I've went into a store where one one of them has fallen over. And these things spill out, and they just leave little grease trails oh, everywhere. But, but but that's what that that's it, what so you you want. You want those greasy e- pellets exactly. But if folks go out there, the problem,
1: and you've touched on this, is the time release. You want to yeah. broadcast bait quickly, and and if you just take the pellets down there and dump the oil on them, and then send them right down. It's going to look exactly the same when you get done with an hour soak. You're not going to have any of those pellets washed away, and so you you haven't created that scent trail correct. that's
0: going to pull prawns into your pot, Bob. You can't correct, and 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 oil does have a tendency to coagulate up in those colder conditions, center because it's thirty. What is the water down there? Thirty-eight degrees on the bottom yeah, right now yeah, this probably, time of yeah. year. Yeah, probably Probably in that area, and uh, you you want to you you got to break that up. Uh, commercially, they'll just they'll throw the pellets in and use them, but yeah. their soak is 24 hours. Right,
1: long soaks. And long so you soaks. got
0: that long soak, that thing softens up and it breaks it breaks apart, and it's oh, we're on a timed four hour fishery, and so you got to start that process. Hence the reason, uh, I grind them up, or you have to soak them for days in salt water or oil or something else and, and chop them up. And I, and I just prefer the latter, the of of grinding them up. And having them ground up in pails, because they keep just fine grounded up in your pails, and then you dish out a couple days before you're going to do it, you make your mix and get it to where you want it, and it's going to be somewhat sloppy at the beginning when you make it. But once you put it in the fridge to let it sit overnight, when you pull it out, you're going to be amazed at how it has firmed up. But yet, because you've controlled the amount of oil that goes into it, you don't have as much slipperiness on the boat and it does break apart just fine what gets down to the bottom.
1: And, and remember, you can't have it too soft because no. you're dropping these pots down through at least 300 feet of water, 250 to 350 feet of water, which leads us to our next challenge line handling. If you're running 400 foot lines, You got to have a game plan. You you can't just you know coil the stuff up inside the pot, throw the pot overboard, hold on to the
0: float, and think that 400 feet is going to pay out seamlessly. Right. It just it just doesn't happen. You you know you store it in the garage over the since the last shrimp season and it gets kicked and moved and and everything else and then all of a sudden you've got a pot down 200 feet and you got a kink. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got a mess. You got a bird's nest, and then you really got a problem. You got to pull the pot up. And and you just and you're not fishing having that winder system uh, yes. just relieved all of that. In fact, I've seen guys that are, you know, if they have a four-man crew on their boat, they'll be deploying a pot out one side. And once that pot hits the bottom, let's say they've hit it's hit the bottom in 280 feet of water, and they're deploying the balance of their line off that reeler, the other pot on the starboard side of the boat, the other side of the boat goes in the water. And it's on its way down, and before you know it, they got four pots down. And I watched a couple guys put four pots down, and in the time I did, three, right. two. Yeah.
2: Well, last year when we went out and and dropped pots with um, the Tuna Tyrant and, and Bubba, mm-hmm. we we had our pots in with the I mean, we're so fast on that boat with the, the the line coiler. Those pots are in the water and fishing fast. And other people around us are still deploying their gear, and we're fishing. We're yeah. we're going, man. And we, I mean, that was some of the fastest and we, shrimp. we, and we spaced I've our had. we
0: spaced our gear so that when the tide does switch, the the ropes aren't going to coil. And you can you can time it just right. But once once the one pod hits, you know, if you want to do two at a time, you can start the second one. And you don't necessarily you can hold the second one right above sure. bottom and hover until you've drifted out and you're confident of where you're at. But you really got to keep an eye on them. Once you've set your first pot, you know you're down, you're safe, there's no one around. But while you were setting it, someone else could have dropped close enough or where you were going to go. So you got to look around before you drop number two, three, and four.
1: That's for sure, man. Because 400 feet of line yeah, in somebody yeah. else's gear, and, and I've lost pots before because of that. Right? Yeah, and, and somebody pulls it, and here's it. Here now he's got six pots all messed well, up. I just they, leave. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's you. I'm out of here. Go ahead,
0: buddy. And if they tangle your pot and your pot moves when they're pulling theirs up, you, the shrimp are gonna disperse. So right. You're gonna, you're gonna have a set for nothing. Yeah, bingo. So the the backbone of this line
1: winder system is your modular breakdown that the sea links make possible now mm-hmm. you've provided 400 foot lines now which are packaged and pre-rigged with sea links you're going to see that here at harbor marine in the north sound marine expo today you're going to see the line winder system the complete lineup of Bowmac pots and a live bubba there you bait go. grinding bubba the bait man <laughs> this is going to be fun dude all right coming up next It's also from Bob. It's Bob's Heating and Air Conditioning Northwest Outdoor Report right here on the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station, 710, Seattle Sports App.
2: The Northwest Outdoor Report is brought to you by Bob's Heating and Air Conditioning. Your family's comfort has been our family's business for over 50 years. It's the
1: third annual $11,000 Fish Northwest Halibut Derby, May 5th and 6th. Here's your chance. To support Fish Northwest's effort to restore sustainable recreational fishing opportunity in Puget Sound, your $100 per rod entry gives you a shot at the first place prize of seven grand. Second place gets you two grand, and a grand for third place. FishNorthwest.org event is open in the Marine Area 6 through 7 only. Weighing is 4 through 6 p.m. both days at Friday Harbor Marina and Skyline and Anacortes. Tickets are on sale now at Holiday Sports, John's Sporty Goods in Everett and Dave's Sporty Goods in Linden. 100% of all funds raised go to support legal battle to return Washington State anglers fair fishing opportunity. For complete derby
2: rules, schedule of events, and more, hit fishnorthwest.org. It's the SportCo Outdoor Emporium Annual Spring Sale. Now through April 30th, come see the largest outdoor gear sale in the Northwest. An amazing quality assortment of fishing, camping, hiking gear, and more all on sale. Check out the legendary brands at deep discounts. Rock bottom pricing on Coleman, Camp Chef, Mincota, Shimano, Loomis, and 20% off Bow Mac SMI Shrimp Gear and Rope Winder Kits. SportCo just off I-5 in Fife or Outdoor Emporium. 1701 4th Avenue South in Seattle or online at sportco.com fin
1: clippers urgently needed at Samus Hatchery Washington Hatchery managers are in urgent need of of help clipping salmon at North Sound hatcheries that power sport and orca forage initiatives a slow growing season rise in temperatures and other factors have WDFW worried to be a real struggle to mark all the fish being reared for release at the Samus Hatchery which raises Chinook and Coho Volunteer clippers are needed starting April 24th to work in two clipping trailers where the adipose spins are removed, marking them as harvestable hatchery salmon. Hatchery Chinook output there has been increased in recent years to boost forage for southern resident killer whales. To so volunteer, call the Samish Hatchery at 360-724-3131 at least two days in advance of your availability so as not to overbook the workspace in the trailer.
2: That's 360-724-3131. WDFW's 2023-24 Big Game Hunting Pamphlet for Washington Deer, Elk, Moose, Bighorn Sheep, Mountain Goats, and Black Bears is now available. Beginning April 24th, hunters may submit special hunt permit applications for 2023 Deer, Elk, Mountain Goat, Moose, big Bighorn Sheep, and Fall Turkey season. The submission period is open through May 24th. Hunters successfully drawing a special permit gain opportunity to hunt at special times or places authorized by that permit. This can often result in fewer crowds, higher success rates, and possibly a bigger animal for the hunters. Applicants that do not get drawn receive a preference point, which increases your odds for successfully drawing next year. You can find the permit applications, all the season dates, permit levels and more at wdfw.wa.gov
1: Puget Sound Spring Opers in addition to Halibut this weekend Halibut's also open April 20th through the 24th and the 27th through the 30th May Day brings the Ling Cod opener in all of Puget Sound and lings in the sandy flats or rock piles in the inner Puget Sound require a different approach than the rocky pinnacles of the Straits and San Juans. Think along the lines of drifting live baits such as herring sand dabs and pogies or pile perch all of which can be caught on sabiki rigs. where and how do we find these live baits how do we recommend fish them please join us this morning at the first annual north sound marine expo where our seminars will answer these and many more questions with live hands-on tackle and shrimp pot rigging demonstrations that well start right now basically at harbor marine 1032 west
2: marine view drive at port everett the second annual dog derby uw footballers are gathering again on july 15th not to compete on the field they're coming to compete for who can catch the biggest salmon in the second annual dog derby. This tournament pairs u ballers with the paying guests fishing together. Entries are kept to just 20 teams to keep the experience intimate and one that guarantees to create memories that will last a lifetime. See you Saturday, July 15th at the Port of Everett. The second annual dog derby beneficiaries are the Tulalip Boys and Girls Club and the 1861 NIL Foundation to register at dogderby.com. The Northwest Outdoor Report has been brought to you by Bob's Heating and Air Conditioning. Now through the end of April, save 15% on all heat pumps and air conditioners at bobsheating.com.
1: Salmon for Soldiers registrations now open. Hit salmonforsoldiers.com. And then... Really cool swap meet coming up Sunday, May 7th, the Everett Salmon and Steelhead Club at Bayside Marine. There's open tables. You just never know what you're going to find there. But but every year I donate a a, a bunch of stuff too. So. I've already
2: been going through some stuff at the shop and in my garage, and I have some I have some just really cool stuff. But because I fish on your boat now <laughs> and you have everything, I there's a lot of stuff I don't need, so I'm going to donate some stuff too. Yeah, no doubt. I I, I got. And then listen, guys, sign up for Salmon for Soldiers. We Please. need a hundred captains, a hundred boats. Let's take some vets fishing. And Salmon for Soldiers is going to be here today
1: at the North Sound Marine Expo. And You can talk to Randy Shelton uh, in person and and get that lined up as well. All right, pop out of here for a quick break. Nick Scafteron of FishTheHighLife.com. Let's talk a little Westport butt, lings, and rockfish here on the outdoor line. Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports app.
3: Get in, sit down, hold on, and listen up. You're in the RenaissanceMarineGroup.com's Wheelhouse, brought to you by Wellcraft, Duckworth,
1: and Northwest Boats. Welcome to the Wheelhouse here on 710 ESPN's The Outdoor Line. Still reaching out for, for Nick Scafteron of Westport, but you fished with him and uh that's a deep water drill out there for the, for the it halibut. is
2: and and um and it's it's going to be a little more comfortable the next time i go out and fish with him because he's upgraded to a uh, 37 foot delta um so a little bit more comfort a little bit more room to to move around um his, his old boat the high life was a great great boat similar to to your boat sure 30 foot aluminum boat but um yeah nick you know nick grew up out there like i said He's done, he's done every job you can do in Westport in the commercial, you know, uh, he was a deckhand, he's been on crab boats, he's been on tuna boats. Nick is dialed when it comes to the Westport deepwater laying fishing.
1: Nick Scafteron joining us now. Good morning, Nicky. How you doing, buddy? Hey, good morning. Well, uh, you got to be fired up about the new boat, but I think you're kind of fired up to start getting over the bar and uh, start getting some gear down for the flat ones here come May 4th.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, coming right around the corner. That's for sure. So,
1: and we we talked yesterday, and and uh, you know, <laughs> it's all ball bearings these days, right? It's all electric reels, sure. You know? And and that's kind of what you've gone to. And you were telling us a little bit about some of your rigging challenges on the new boat because you're, you're basically everybody on your boat. You're doing that 700 foot drop. They're all going to be spinning. What are you running Daiwa Tanicums or what? What are you running?
4: Yeah, the, the Tanacom
1: 750s. Yeah, they're just a money reel, man. It's just, but it, it's, it's an efficiency thing as well because w- when I started using them, we were, we were anchor dropping and you know, in five, 550, 600 feet. I could never get anybody to check their bait. So, so the oh, yeah. ability to send that stuff back down and, and establish a scent trail is, to me, the biggest reason to use the electrics.
4: Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's there. I mean, total game changers is not only that, I mean, it takes a lot of pressure off of me where if you don't, you know, hit the spot just right, you don't feel so bad making people reel up to start over or just, I mean, the fact that, you know, where we fish, it's, you know, typically 600 to 800 feet. And most of the time guys catch one fish and they're done, you know, and it's uh, like you say, efficiency and just, it, it kind of turned the trip that, used to be kind of a meat hall work trip into just this just a lot more fun i can't tell you how many times i got guys that are just you know laughing watching their pole doubled over and and rather than sweating and wanting to go sit down and so it's uh it's it's definitely something that you know i can never go back now
2: (laughs) well you eliminate a certain percentage of the population if you don't have electric reels you're you you you're probably not gonna take a lot of kids out on the boat. You're
1: not taking Rob You're not taking.
2: Yeah. Here's the thing. <laughs> Rob would just he would just drop his gear down like fifty feet yeah. and just he would he was he, fake halibut he fishing. He invented fake halibut fishing. One time we did we did this list of trip called halibut
1: quest out at Westport. And uh, and the skipper saw somebody's gear at thirty feet and he goes, Hey, whose gear's that? and Ensley sheepishly walks over and cranks it up and yeah so he did not want to go down 700 feet hand cranking
2: so so run us yeah. through the program nick um guys show up they jump on the boat what's the run like when you get out there what what's the gear looking like and and kind of run us through a, a day on on uh the showgirl
4: yeah um so i i typically try to leave early um you know three three thirty something like that just because it does get to be a little bit crazy out there and getting the jump on guys definitely seems to pay off in the long run anyways. And, um, and I, uh, I don't know, I run, um, 85 pound braid and hundred pound mono top shot, just cause I like to have heavy gear for dart fishing and deep water fishing. It doesn't matter. Um, they can't see nothing down there anyways. And so it's, it's, like about 30 miles to um, where we normally fish. We kind of just fish out along the 100-fathom the edge there on the canyon, and there's a few different spots that guys go, but there are some spots that are closer, but they don't typically hold as many fish. Um, sometimes there'll be a little bigger fish, but not as many. Um, and uh, I I kind of shoot for simplicity when it comes to halibut fishing, where I a lot of guys will run, like, spreader bars and that kind of stuff, but I just use about an 18-inch chunk of 400-pound um, mono that's crimped on either end and a, a swivel crimped on one end, with, and then I put my weight on that directly so you don't ever have to worry about, like, a swivel failing and losing your weight or anything like that. Um, and then I, I typically run, like, 80 or 120-pound leaders with um, two circle hooks. And the the, the secret to how efficient at least out in Westport, is – using lean cod bellies for bait and that's something that (laughs) it's it's been proven. Uh, I grew up working on a boat that was, um, it was the slowest boat in the Harbor. It was an old wood boat that, you know, we, we would be the last guys to the halibut spot every time. And I can't tell you how many times we'd go and park right in the middle of everybody and catch our 20 halibut and be out of there with, you know, everybody around us still fishing. And so it's definitely, you know, and back, back when you had to worry about hand cranking the other part that's nice is you pretty much have to cut the bait off the hook and so you don't ever really have to worry about checking your bait you know unless you feel like it or you think you broke one off or something like that you know um
2: Lang Lang bellies
1: Nice. It's, you, it, know. It, it, I, yeah. you know, you know it, it, we, when we talked about this earlier in the show about we're, we're here at North Sound Marine Expo at Harvard Marine and we're doing seminars today. And we talked about how seminars like this are two way street and we always learn something. Right. But, you know, and that's something that I'd not heard before. I'd not heard using ling bellies for butts. No. And, and it makes absolutely perfect sense. Great sense. Yeah, got. it does. I mean, because we use halibut skin for for lings. They do not like each other. Apparently. Apparently not, <laughs> <laughs> or they love each other. Yeah, and I, we're talking with Nick Ska, I, Nick Scafter on this morning. highlife dot com is the website. And uh so when we talked yesterday, Nikki, you mentioned you were pretty booked up for halibut, but uh dude, you guys got five thousand more quote five thousand more Chinook and a quota this year. I know you're. Uh, I know you're fired up for uh, for salmon season coming up. uh when, When's the opener? Is that June? Uh, yeah, June twenty fourth this year. Gotcha, gotcha. And they go and, and you seven got seven
4: days a week yeah, and and you got some spots oh, go available for your for your salmon opportunities yeah yeah my my weekends are getting to be pretty well filled up but they did just announce the season for um we're seven days a week so we get to fish Fridays and Saturdays so I do have a couple you know Saturday openings still but lots of stuff during the week still and there's a few days during June for deep water still and then the whole month of September is open for the deep water link cut too and I still got room for that and looking forward to a good season they're they're calling for it to be um similar to last year and last year i don't know you know guys that fished out here the the king fishing was pretty phenomenal it's been a long time since we've had fishing that good
1: yeah no doubt no doubt westport's been uh westport's had a string of tough ones
2: well and it's lining up to be another great year out there and you're set up to get on the troll locate those fish once you find those fish it's mooching gear deployed right yeah, it just depends. I'm gonna
4: be able to be proficient in all of it. Um, you know, I mean, it, like I like Moochin. I think it's the most fun because you actively are actively fishing, and you know, when they're biting good, it's you're the one fishing. You know, or, and last year I fished downriggers a lot, and that was great too. I mean, because when the kings are down there, there's no way, there's no better way to get down to them. Um, you know, it just kind of, I'm gonna be set up to do you know whatever needs to be done to catch the fish for the most part. I mean, it's a, but like I said, moochin. it's, there's just nothing really like it. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just really fun when, but it's really boring when they're not biting either. so that's, you know, where you can put the stuff out and drive around and locate them. Like you said, if if they're not biting and then, you know, either continue to do that or switch back to moochin or just, I'll be able to kind of do whatever the people want to do.
1: Well, there it is. Now you have a friend in the charter business in Westport. Go check out High Life Charters. That's fishthehighlife.com. He's Nick Scafteron, and we're, dude, we're coming. We got to check out that 36-footer, man. That thing just sounds bad to the bone. And uh, we did not, we did not get out to Westport.
2: last No, year.
1: we did. We, we we fished near Bay. We fished Waco. We just kind of missed that, you know, yes. middle middle part I'm of the coast. I'm going this year. Yeah, for we're sure. no, we're coming what yes. we're doing. We're coming on. Nick Scafter on fishthehighlife.com. Thanks for your time this morning, buddy. We'll talk to you soon.
4: All right. Thanks, guys.
1: Thanks, Dave. Hi, right, buddy. Thank you so much. All right. Coming up next, the hottest report we've heard all week into techniques you need to succeed with special guest Dave Wyman, former Seahawk. It's where Ro Robinson's Really? Where? And it's next here at the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710, Seattle Sports app.
4: No way. You gotta be kidding me. Really? Where? Yeah, it's coming back. The island of Tinian Delay.
2: Where'd you get them, man? No way. You, you, you gotta tell me. I, I, I'm not gonna tell anybody. Ocean, tell me, hey, Red.
4: Hey, man,
3: can you tell me where you got them? I'll never put on a life check it again. Welcome to
2: RoyRobinsonRV.com's... Really? really? Where? 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 Roy will take you anywhere. Really? really?
1: time to step up to the number one Winnebago dealer in the entire Pacific Northwest, the all-new Roy Robinson RV Center at Smoky Point. You're going to find a complete selection of Class A's, Class B's, Super C's, travel trailers, fifth wheelers, toilers, pop-ups, campers, and so much more. Go check it out and more at RoRobinsonRV.com. All right. In a little more than two months, we are off for the Lister Trip Father's Day Adventure at Peregrine Lodge. And the very first time I ever went up there, I went up there. and his son Matthew and I joined Dave and Jake Wyman and Dave Wyman is joining us right now good morning you old crusty linebacker you
3: morning Dave morning (laughs) only only you could get me up this early on a Saturday (laughs) morning my
1: man and and that's one of the things that the lodge I didn't get because I was pounding on your door and just come on come on let's go and you look at me like it's still dark out. What's the matter with you? you? You're not really what you would call a morning person. Is it, would that be fair yeah. to say, Dave Wyman?
3: Well, that is true, and uh, I would say my pers- my personality most closely reflects your son Matt's. I'm, you know, that's so. You know, I'm cranky. Uh, I'm I'm like an old man beyond my age. That that's that's kind of that's me. I'm you're, like an eighty year old. Your your son Matthew is like a Sixty-year-old.
1: Okay, well, yeah, you know, I I, was I, I say don't mind. <laughs> 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 so so the first time we went up there, though, the helicopter ride into the lodge just a, just a kick in the pants and an amazing location. And uh, yeah. one of the things I remember about that that first time, Dave, is uh, you know the the, the the bartenders and the staff did such a great job. I think our sons may have been overserved and they may have slept in that that second morning when, when we were fishing. Do you remember <laughs> something about that? Yeah, they did.
3: They bonded quickly over that. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was, and I was sort of envious of them. I was like, wow, I wish I would have had too much fun and could have stayed, you know, slept later. But no, that place, man, that was, that was awesome. I, I really, that was not something I used to fish with my dad all the time. And me and my brother and my dad used to go. My mom wouldn't fish, but we would go camping and, You know, that was our vacation when I was growing up was that that we would go camping and and fishing. So that's kind of what that reminded me of, man. It was very old-fashioned, kind of old school, but I just loved the lodge and the people and everything, just the remoteness. I mean, the the helicopter ride was really just a cool part of the whole thing, and, uh, yeah, I, I really loved that.
1: So Dave and I got to fish together when, when the boys took a nap, right? And and uh, one of the places, Matt actually caught a tie, he caught a thirty-pounder our first day in the lodge, and I'd spotted this structure offshore that was these twin pinnacles, right? And so we headed right back out there, Dave and I did the next day. And 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 so right off the bat, Wyman gets a beautiful like 20, 22 pounder. And then, you know, it was it was an odd year. I want to say it was it was well, it was a humpy year. It was a humpy year. It was probably 2016 though, because they they run, they they run every year up there in the Queen Charlottes, and 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 so sure enough, I I know it's a salmon, but it's not a big king, and we troll a little bit too close to this pinnacle, and this ling came up and ate Wyman's humpy. Do you remember that, Dave? And and <laughs> we had we had. Do you remember that we had to you know pry though? that humpy? I don't I don't
3: understand half the things that you just said. Uh, <laughs> clinical, humpy, uh, something else. Uh, yeah. I, do you, do you, y- do you remember the big bottom
1: fish? Stuff. Do you remember the big bottom fish that came up and ate your humpy? Do you remember that? <laughs> okay.
2: you, the humpy is the pink Humpy's salmon. Pink salmon. Yes. And and in my link cod seminar today, I actually have oh, a picture, picture of Dave <laughs> with his, his big link cod and that pink salmon in, in its mouth. <laughs> Are we reaching? We're reaching yeah.
1: too far back in your in your memory, I, apparently, right? So, well, so, you
3: guys recall like fishing things like I do uh, plays from the 2013 season for yes. the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, so yeah, that's,
2: yeah. that's like you, we, asked Matt, we asked Matt. We asked we asked Matt about his Tom goes. Hey, Matt how how big was that halibut that you caught last year at Peregrine? Matt goes. I don't know. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. So, so
1: one of the things, one of the things you do remember, we did discuss this week, Dave, was the deep dropping for halibut, right? The yeah. whole three, cranking up mm-hmm. three and four hundred feet, right? I yeah. don't, I don't think that was your favorite part of the trip. No.
3: I, well, the thing was, I was getting yelled at by you because I felt no. like I was back at. I felt like I was back at Wooster High School with uh, Joe Max Sellers <laughs> screaming at me, you know, when I was doing up-downs or something like that. You're like, come on, you big baby! Work! Yeah, it was, uh, but man, that was tough, reeling that thing up, man. That was, uh, that was a workout right there, but it was well worth it. And I just remember how good that fish was. Oh, man.
4: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm
3: not a huge seafood fan, but you know, once I brought home fresh salmon and halibut, like we became, we've become huge fans of, uh, of that. So, yeah, that's, uh, that was a, that, you had to work for that one. That was, that was well, uh, well deserved.
1: So the cool thing about Peregrine is we fish close to shore and the rocks and the water's calmer. The boats are nicer, but, but we never actually had to go halibut fishing. We're up there early enough in the season where we're motor mooching for these kings, which is slow trolling with just a sinker and, and a cut plug, and the halibut were coming up and eating our cut plugs. I mean, uh, we we handled, we handled easily four dozen halibut in, in our three days. They're just, just fishing for salmon, and so in that way, you get to keep looking for bigger kings, and you don't have to do that 300-foot drop. But uh, one of the things I do remember about our first time up there was nobody wanted to leave, Dave. Nobody wanted to get on that helicopter. The lodge and the staff and the fishing experience just captivated everybody.
3: Yeah, exactly. It was just such a quaint place.
1: I had gone to another place
3: after that that was sort of, I don't know, I guess I'd describe things like it, it was sort of disco you know i mean it was very uh kind of fancy
4: <laughs> and
3: uh you know yeah and then like a lot of the one thing also that i like when you go fishing like i want to eventually do everything i don't want somebody you know fixing my line or putting it in right. the water or doing any of that stuff and it was more of like a do-it-yourself type of thing and that's what i wanted you know i went i went to another one that was you know very much the opposite and i kept saying hey let us, you know, show me how to do this and, you know, let me do it. And there was really none of that happening. So, yeah, I liked, I liked that part of it. And uh, just like you said, everybody very down to earth. I remember we had an awesome guy on our boat named Yeti. Yeti. And, uh, mm-hmm. well, it was he was one very of my colorful. Favorite. Yeah. Very cool person. <laughs> that, that, so, yeah, <laughs> it was uh that was a, one of the great experiences I have. And I was talking to my son about it who, Actually is getting ready him and his wife to have a child, which means yes, I will be a grandfather. grandpa.
1: Grandpa Dave. Yeah. Yeah. I
3: told my wife very I nice. like making this joke from my my dad made this joke a long time ago, but so I don't mind being a grandpa, but sleeping with a grandma is kind of disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> that goes over very well, by the oh, way. Oh
1: boy. Yeah, And she quickly yeah. came
3: back with, well, how do you think I feel sleeping with the grandpa? So. <laughs>
1: grandpa. We
2: well, you, you know, Dave, it's funny. I, I get a fish with lots of former NFL football players and, and some current ones. And, um, you, you know, you were talking about wanting to actually get involved and, and do stuff yourself. Um yeah. And and as a guide, a, a former guide, not everybody is coachable, okay? No. And that's why uh, a lot of times it's hard for the guide to let go and and let the the client actually do do you know the fishing themselves. But one thing I've found is, man, there's no more coachable guys than former NFL football players. Like we have them on the boat. I show them what to do. I can tell they're listening. Exact. They're everything I say. They're taking it in. And then, yeah. boom, I have a perfect fisherman aboard. It's <laughs> awesome, man. I love fishing with football players.
1: Are you ready to I'm... become a perfect fisherman, Dave Wyman? <laughs> I, I can hear it. Perfect. He's he's ready. He's ready. I'll try, so man. The, I'll try. The Father's Day Lister Trip Adventure, June 18th to 21. Join uh, the Outdoor Line crew, Dave Wyman, and, of course, Brock Huard. It's Brock's birthday today by the way. So oh, I, I hope you, perfect, bro. Uh, you, yeah, you sent him some flowers. I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. Listen, I'd be remiss if we didn't ask you an NFL draft question. I know you guys are going to be covering it soup to nuts here. And it's less than a couple weeks. What are the Hawks going to do with that number five pick? Dave Wyman. Boy, it's the biggest mystery,
3: man. I, you know, I, I, the guy that the just was a no brainer was this kid named Jalen Carter from Georgia, um, an interior defensive lineman. who's just really special, but you know, he got in some trouble, and now there are some character concerns. And, you know, you know this, Tom, haven't been on a team. I mean, if you can't get the guy on the field, you know, if, he's, if this isn't, like, so important to him. I mean, I, I would have done anything to become a pro football player. I mean, since the age, I was four years old, I wanted to be a pro football player. And that's what you want. And if the guy doesn't have that kind of desire, and there is some question about that, so, you know, there are some really good, solid defensive ends. Um, Tyree Wilson, kid named um, – uh, his name's eluding me. Kid from Alabama, Will Anderson. So, you know, they, they ha- there are some really good defensive players. They're going to get a really good player there. But I'm just – I don't know. You know, and I'm good friends with John Schneider, and he comes on our show all the time. But this time of year, we don't talk at all, <laughs> you know. And if we do talk, we don't, you know, talk football. So, it's going to be really a, a interesting one because this is uh, one of the well, this is the highest draft choice that the Seahawks have had since Pete and John have been here. So it's, uh, it's anybody's guess, and they they really keep it uh, very secret.
1: Pretty big inflection point for the franchise. There's no question about it. They got a chance to make a big move in, in the in the NFC West. Dave Wyman. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. He's the Seahawk color guy, former linebacker, all-around good guy, and really the backbone of afternoons on what used to be 710 Sports ESPN, but now is uh, Seattle Sports. Uh, and, Dave, appreciate you coming on the trip and looking forward to fishing with you again. And uh, yeah. I remember last time when you went home with a whole bunch of halibut, you go, hey, is there an easy halibut recipe like with ketchup or something? And the answer <laughs> to that was and always will be no, okay? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a joke
3: on my part. I do love Kevin, not without okay.
1: it. Okay, all right, Dave Wyman, thanks for, thanks for joining me, us guys. this morning, buddy. Thanks, we'll Dave. Talk to you all soon, right. dude. Appreciate it. Take care. All right, uh, thank you, bud. Coming, uh, coming at you live and on location this morning, North Sound Marine Expo, uh, and uh, I hope you join us today. We've we've got a couple hours before the seminars start. We've got you know an opportunity for you to do some hands-on shrimp pot rigging halibut rigging you're going to do some ling stuff we got tackle we got bait bob you're going to be you're going to be grinding some bait and we're going to be setting up some gear here shortly
2: you betcha we'll be ready come on down everything is here right i i had uh our, our good friends the varanth family they reached out to me the other day and they said hey we want to go halibut fishing but we don't have the anchor system like tom has on his boat so we can't go and i was like no, no 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 you don't you don't need that. I go, come down to Harbor Marine, and we can outfit you with the anchor, the chain, the that rope, me. the 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 anchor puller. And they're like, well, we, uh, we don't want to buy that puller that taunt, you know, the no, big no, fancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. I go, no, no, no. Look, it's very simple. They have a little mechanism. You yep. attach it to your rope. You put a buoy on it, and you can pull your anchor. And then they're like, really? So they're going to probably come down. We'll set them up the whole system, show them how to do it. And anybody who wants to know anything about these fisheries we have coming up, we're here to help you out.
1: And that is probably the biggest barrier for people is anchoring their boat in deep water and and using that anchor float. And and once you have somebody show you the system and understand, you know, how to run that boat, you know, in a a starboard turn that will keep your screws away from that rope, it's not difficult. Mm -hmm. It's just, but... I understand it's a little freaky when that rope, you know, when the float goes by the side of the boat and everything like that, to pull that anchor. But it's once you've done it a couple times, it's it's super easy. And we're actually going to get a video out on that one of these days shortly.
2: But, and the nice uh, thing about the Puget Sound here is you don't have to anchor in deep water. No. You can catch these halibut in as shallow as 40 feet. You can troll
1: big herring. Sure. with your downriggers you know you, i mean you got to live on those downriggers because you're going to be keeping them very very close to bottom in fact in in softer spots you want to be bouncing that ball on the bottom just to kind of make that that bottom disturbance that, that brings the flat ones over
2: well and and one thing i didn't mention earlier and, and dave kind of you know gobbled up my really wear, um <laughs> is i talked i checked in with my buddy bry up at lfs in bellingham see what was going on in the islands up there and uh hind bank alden bank Guys are out there quietly catching catching some halibut, and they're up there trolling on some of those banks, running big baits and and doing pretty well. It's
1: a great way to do it. I hope you come down and join us. The inaugural North Sound Marine Expo. Think of it as your last chance for the Seattle Boat Show this year, complete with seminars. Got the red carpet and the maintenance building across the way, and a whole bunch of vendors. Got Dometic, Sierra, Magma, Daiwa, Taylor Floats, Salmon S- for
0: Soldiers SMI, Bowman. Dog. There's a bunch here. There's
1: a bunch you here. you got to get down here. Yeah, come see us. It's it's a killer event. Hope you join us in $2 barbecue. $2 barbecue by Carolina Smoke. All happening at Harbor Marine today, the inaugural North Sound Marine Expo, today, right now, through about 2 this afternoon. Uh, You missed any of the show, jump on mynorthwest.com, download the Apple Podcast app, or hit theoutdoorline.com. Bob Buchanan, thanks for joining us. Give Joey Pyburn a follow on Instagram, at Joe Pyburn, at the on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. For Matt Nelson, back in our Seattle studios, Lauren Bivens uh, making this event possible. I'm Tom Nelson. This has been the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710, and the Seattle Sports app.